0: I'd like to welcome our online listeners and our extended church on Podbean, Spotify, Facebook. Welcome. This morning I've entitled my message Stepping Out. All right? We're stepping out, we're stepping out, we're taking steps, okay? So we've got to step it out this morning. Um, so I hope you all sit back. I was just having a bit of a think to myself up the back there before the message. And um, years ago I prayed for years asking God that, when I preach it, I'd bring a simple message, one that people could understand. And um, hallelujah, <laughs> that's what God does So for me. And I just speak from my heart and I just speak from, oftentimes from exp- my experiences. But um, it's just simple. There's no big, highfalutin words. But um, I just hope this morning this message touches you. So I'd like to start off by saying this morning that God is good, isn't he? And God is good all the time, amen. And I just thank God for the call of God upon my life, amen. I thank him for the privilege that I am called of God. And do you know that each one of you are called of God as well? That God has known you before the foundations of the world, that he has chosen you, he has predestined you, and he has called you into his kingdom for a purpose. So you're not just wandering aimlessly. Each one of us have a part to play in God's plan this morning. So I'm thankful that because we have a call of God on our lives, that it takes us into our tomorrows. That we don't live in our past, but it drives us forward and makes a step into our tomorrows. It makes a step into what God has for us. So I hope this morning that you just open your hearts and just think, what has God called me to do this morning? Because He has called you. And I'd like to start in Hebrews, in the great faith chapter, and um, you know, and. As we look in Hebrews chapter 11, it mentions people's names like Moses, by faith Moses. It mentions Rahab, by faith Rahab. It mentions Gideon and David and all the rest of these great men and women of the Bible. And there are many of them. And if we keep reading that chapter without losing heart, we get to verse 36, and it says there, still others. Hey, that's you and I. Still others. Still others. Because there are still others to come and there'll be others after us that will take up the call of God on their lives, amen. So God has called you because we are the still others. So we haven't got any um, resume, we've got no um, skills as such, but still others God has called. God said that he would take the foolish things of this world and confound the wise. That's you and I. God takes an ordinary person like you, he takes an ordinary person like myself and he can do extraordinary things through us because, hallelujah, his spirit is alive on the inside of you. So it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And do you know when the spirit of God is upon the words you speak, it only takes one word that can change a life. You don't have to listen to a message. You don't have to listen to a whole sermon. One word can change your life this morning. So I thank God for that. No name, no resume, but still others, you and I, among them, are called of God. You know, when God calls you, which he has, we don't always know where we're going. We don't know where we're going. Did Abraham know where he was going? God just called him. And we see that in in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 4. When God called Abram, let's just go there and we'll just have a look what it says. Because it's not what I say, it's what the word of God says. So if it's not in the word of God, then you can check it out and say, well, that's not really scriptural. Um, And we need to do that because we need to be discerning. But chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4 says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 75 years old and he's just starting out. I'm a lot younger than that. And sometimes I think I'm at the end of my walk, (laughs) not starting out my walk. But there we have Abraham. So God simply calls and he waits for us to respond in obedience and faith. You know, when I look at that, God's going to take Abram on a journey, but he didn't really give him too much information. Like if that was given to me... You know, you start thinking about it. He's going to make a great nation. Jeff, he's going to make a great nation out of you. Well, how do you start working on that? I suppose you have a family. But, like, how do you start working? He said, I'm going to take you to to a country you do not know. Which direction are we going? So God expects us to step out in faith and obedience. He's not going to hand us the road map. You know, before Jesus said to go to his disciples, he said follow. So, you know, we need to follow and learn to listen to God and what God's saying to us and he will lead us out. When God calls, he's taking us on a journey. In other words, we're not going to be standing still. We're not going to be in one place. We're going to be moving forward. And so God expects us to continue to move forward. If you're stationary in one place, you're stagnating. You're not doing what God wants you to do. He's calling you to move forward. So let's step out, take that step forward. You know, and at times it's difficult. Sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable. But sometimes it's going to be amazing and you're always going to be blessed when you follow what God says. You will always be blessed, regardless of how hard it is getting there or what obstacles you have to face. If you continue to follow God's direction, you will be blessed. You know, we've just recently been on a holiday. Well, sort of like a holiday. But um, who knows when you go on holidays, most people put a a little bit of planning towards it. So if you're going to fly somewhere, you organise a vehicle at the other end and, you know, we'll go to this town and we'll stay so long and we'll stay at this hotel and then we'll move on. You've got a plan happening, amen? And then, you know, you've got an appointed time when you're going to arrive back home and back into work and back into things. But God doesn't work like that, you know? Like... When we go somewhere, we want a map. Maps are great, hey, you know. Who likes Google Maps? We had to use Google Maps a fair bit because we ended up in Darwin, a city that we don't know too much about, you know. And Google's just amazing, you know. Google, the map, shows you where you're at. So straight away, you already know where you're at. You're not guessing. It points out where you're at and then away you go and it tells you which street to go down and when to turn, you know, the rivers are there. And I was amazed, like, the car was telling us that there's a speed camera up ahead and that the speed zone is 70. And I said, who would allow a car to tell you that you're travelling too fast and there's a device up ahead that's going to catch you if you're going too fast? You think that would be illegal, wouldn't you? Like, you think, who? don't they want to catch us so they make more revenue? Anyway, so a map is great, hey? Like a map, you know, in our lives, even I get up every day or during the week and you've got certain things you want to achieve for that day. How many of you get up and got nothing to do? Thank heavens for that. If anyone put their hand up, I was going to say, well, get up and start having something to do in your life. Because, you know, we need a plan. Because if you don't make a bit of a plan, you can waste a lot of time doing nothing. And if you want something done, the old saying is give it to someone who's busy because they'll get it done because you haven't got time to mess around. You've just got to slot it in somewhere so you you make time. So maps are great, aren't they? You know, they take us here, they take us there, they show us where you're going, they, they tell you if you've got to cross rivers, they tell you if you're going onto a dirt road, they tell you if you're going to go over a mountain range. All these things a map will tell you and so when you see those things, you can prepare for them who likes maps? I like maps. I like making a plan for myself. You know, but God doesn't give us a map. He didn't give Abraham a map. He didn't say, now son Abram, this is where you're going to go and this is what you're going to encounter. He just told him to go. God gave Abram a compass. Who likes compasses? Oh, Axel. It would have to be Axel, wouldn't there? But, you know, if you know anything about a compass, a compass just points into a direction and you ought to follow that direction. God just pointed Abram where he had to go. He didn't know any details of where he was going. He just had to go and he had to figure it out and listen to God as he went and then things would unfold. We have a pastor and his wife here. Before they got here and even now that they're here, they don't really know where they're going. They were just obedient to the call of God on their lives. They stepped into it. And as they stepped into it, each step of the way, God revealed what would be going on. He didn't give Jeff and Julianne a picture of what it was going to be like, the difficulties they were going to encounter. He just said, go. Go, my servants. And they obediently, in faith, stepped out. ...and accepted God's call. That's what he expects of us. Exodus 13:21 and 22. Let's go there. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way... ...and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light... ...so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of the cloud by day... ...or the pillar of fire by n- night from before the people. See, God just said, go, when they left Egypt. He said, I'll be with you. He was, a, he was with them in the k- pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. God wants, us, wants you this morning to know he is with you. Wherever you are on your journey in life, God is with you. He gave them a sign in the desert, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. But that was to represent that I am with you. But now we know that the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, and wherever we go, He is there. And like Pastor Jeff said, we're God, and you are always a majority in any situation. You may feel alone, you may look alone to around people around you. You are alone, but you're not alone, because you know that God is with you. And you and God can handle any situation if we call on Him. So, God gives us a compass to follow and he says, follow me. Are you following God today? Are you following God? So, maps show you where you're going. So, we've already discussed that. Maps also show you where your location is. So, there's usually a dot on the Google Maps. You're here, so you know where you are, you know where you're going. Maps show you the routes that that will take you to the same destination. So there's more than one way to get to your destination and a map will show you which way you can go. And so then you can choose which way is easiest for you. And a map shows you where you've been. You can look back and say, well, I've been there, I've been there, I've done that. But, you know, I picked this up in our motel for you because maps are for tourists but a compass is for an explorer. Uh, An explorer is going into uncharted territory. An explorer is going somewhere where he hasn't been before. An explorer is relying on his compass and on his instruments to show him where to go. God has given us a compass. But we know he is with us. And so we have to rely on him to show us where we're going, what's up ahead and how to deal with what comes along. So number one, a compass points you in the direction you need today, need to go. Don't look back, it's not where you're going. The arrow points forward and it says follow that direction. So you have to follow that direction. You know, you don't have a compass to visit your past. You have a compass to discover your future. And that's what God wants. He wants you to discover the future that you have with him. And it's not behind you, it's not to the side of you, it's in front of you where the arrow's pointing. Number two, a compass can't tell you the obstacles that you'll encounter. It only points you in the direction you should go. The map, you can see where the rivers are. You can see where the mountain ranges are. But a compass you don't know. You can only see as far as the eye can see. You can only see as far as God will allow you to see. And who knows at some times God will show you the end picture. But he doesn't show you what's in between from where you start and from where the finish is. That is unknown. It's like that dash in someone's gravestone. You don't know the journey that's in between. But you have to trust him that he'll take you on. In John 6 and uh, verses 65 and 66, the disciples got to a point where they couldn't understand. And it said in, in 65... And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with Jesus no more. They couldn't understand. And do you know that there is always something that will make you want to change your mind? There will always be something that will say, no, this is just too hard. No, that wasn't God I heard no, this isn't really very easy, so this can't be God, because if it's God, it should be easy. But Jesus didn't promise that we would have an easy walk. Jesus said, you will encounter persecutions, and you will have opposition, and you will have people in your way, and there will be circumstances that will arise. But he said, just turn your eyes to me, and I will show you how to navigate those things. So it's not about whether we're going to encounter something or not. Number three, a compass won't tell you how long the journey will take. So today we are too impatient. Everything is fast food outlets, McDonald's. Even that's not fast enough anymore. We have a drive through and it's still not fast enough. Everything. Everyone wants something yesterday, not tomorrow. They should have had it yesterday. That's just the, the, the world we live in. You know but God didn't give us a clock when he said to Abraham Abraham he didn't say you have 40 years to achieve this or you have 30 years or he just said go God hasn't given you a time clock when he called you he sent you out Yes some people might get to the end quicker and reach their call quicker some it's going to take longer You don't have a time placed on you because the important thing is the journey and the important thing is when you come up against something in that journey because there will be potholes and there will be mountains and there will be valleys and there will be quicksand. There will be every obstacle that will come in your way. It's how we trust God. It's how we will lean in and listen to him is as to how quickly we're going to navigate. And who's been there, because I've been there a lot of times, that you think you've conquered one mountain, but no, it comes up again and it'll keep coming up and it'll keep coming up until you deal with it or get around it or find a way over it. So when you're navigating with a compass, it's not simply let's just go there. If God says go that direction, he doesn't say head off west for a while and then come back. No, he says I want you to go there. I want you to tackle that obstacle. I want you to conquer that obstacle. I want you to get through it and come out on the other side and then let's keep going in the same direction I've pointed you. Number four, a compass can't tell you who will journey with you. And who knows that in the journey of life, God places some people around you that are invaluable. But I've found that nearly every person I've encountered, whether it be for a short time or for a long time, they're there for a specific reason. And that God has put that person or those people in your life for a season to accomplish and to help you and to encourage you to keep going, to keep staying the course, to keep focused, to keep doing what you're doing, to encourage you. So just because someone doesn't walk with you the whole way doesn't mean to say, oh, they're gone now, I've got to stop. God says, forge forward, keep marching on, keep taking the next step. A compass gives us confidence that every step counts. There's a, historically, there's a man named David Carnegie. He was a 25-year-old prospector who couldn't find any gold. Who knows that a prospector that finds no gold isn't much chop, is it? So he found a job. He couldn't find gold, so he found himself a job. And the job that he was given was to blaze a trail from Coolgardie in Western Australia to Halls Creek. So he grabbed himself a compass, he got himself a couple of blokes and a couple of horses, and away he went. Six months down the track, he reached his destination. That's what God's done for us. He's given us a compass. He said, now go. Take your compass. Don't deviate from the course. Just stay the course and you will reach your destination. It might have taken him two months. could have taken him three years. But God said, you will get there in the end if you keep following the compass. And this morning I want to ask you, what's the most important thing in the journey that God has put you on? The most important thing is the next step. It's so easy to pull up and say, I'm going to camp here because I've just about had enough and I don't care what God has up ahead for me. It's time I'm going to pull up, pitch my tent and stay here for a while. But God doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to get up, get going and take the next step. When you take the next step, he joins you, amen? He's beside you again and he'll take you on. He'll give you the strength, he'll give you the the wisdom, he'll give you the courage. We're just going to have a look at a, a film clip now, a clip of Derek Redmond, which was a 400-metre sprinter in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. He was on a journey, he had a dream um, that in the natural looked like he failed. But when you look behind the scenes, there's much more to it. And I know some of you people may feel like you haven't reached your destination or that you've failed the... the course that god has put you on but i want to say take the next step amen to that what a glorious picture of the father your father your heavenly father you know derek Redman had a choice we all have a choice when he fell to the ground he could have stayed there the stretcher bearers were on their way that would have carried him off And that would have been the end of his race. But he made a choice to get up. And every time you fall, you have a choice to get up. And it wasn't until he made that choice, it wasn't until he took that first step towards the finish line again. And you saw the film clip. I didn't see his father. Did you see his father initially? But his father was always there. His father was always in the crowd. We couldn't see him. Derek probably couldn't see him. But the father was there watching his son closely. And as soon as his son made that decision to step forward, he made that decision that he didn't want to finish his race like that. He got up. And his father, and it's your father, your father is exactly the same, come hell or high water, he doesn't care what mountain stands in your way, he doesn't care what you're facing, that's irrelevant, as soon as you say, I want to keep going, as soon as you look back to the compass and look back to your father, he is there, he gave his son a shoulder to lean on, he propped him up. He didn't carry him so that he could, couldn't finish the race. He allowed his son to do what he wanted to do and the son wanted to get to the finish line. Paul says that to run the race with endurance that is set before us. You have a race set before you and it may be long and it may be hard but our father promises that he will see you to the finish if you don't give up, if you take the next step. Are you looking at the compass or are you looking for the way out? And we can take the way out. And when we take that way out, we lose out. Or we can face the journey that's ahead of us. And it won't be easy. But our Father will be there. And He will help you. And He just asks that we would turn our eyes to Him. That we would look to Him. Because He sent His Son for each one of us. Do you think that race was easy for Jesus? Do you think He would want to have given up many times along that race? He was human, he was just like you and I, he was no different. He could have copped out. Every time they spat on him and pulled his beard and whipped him and lashed him, the ridicule, the names that he was called, but he kept his eyes on the father because the father had given him a race to run. And he counted it all joy. He did it joyfully for you and I. And God says that each one of us is a champion and more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens us. Jesus said, behold, I knock at the door. Anyone who opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Do you know he's talking to the church? There is not talking to the unbeliever. He's talking to us. And why would he stand and knock at a door? But the question I ask is, why would we not open that door? Because our father wants to fellowship with us. He wants to love on us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to delight us. He wants to be like that father in that film clip when the son said, I want to finish the race. I don't want to give up. I want to keep running. And you know, it's not about what place you come over the finish line. It's nothing about where you come. You might start out first and come in over the line last. And the last might come in first, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you've come across that finish line. That crowd of 65,000 people stood to their feet. Did they do that for the winner of the race? No. They did it for the man that came last because they saw the courage, they saw the determination, they saw the love of the father there that he had for his son, that same love that your father has for you. And he brought him across the line victorious. And there's a great cloud of witnesses as we run our race, watching you and I. But the decision's always ours. Are you going to fall? For sure, you're going to fall. Are you going to take the wrong step? Yeah, you're going to take the wrong step. The Bible says that the plans of a man... Oh, I can't think. How does it go? A man has a way that is not right to the Lord. It seems right to man, but it's not the Lord's way. It only brings death and destruction. It seems right. We make decisions that seem to be right. They look right. They feel right. Everyone else agrees that it's the right decision. But if it's not the plan that the Father has for you, then it's wrong. And if you take that step and if you go your own way, it will bring death and destruction. But Jesus Christ came that he would give us life and give it more abundantly. He came that we would run our race with endurance. And sometimes you might say, you might look and say, it's all right for you standing out there, but you don't know where I've been. And I tell you what, I don't know where you've been. But you don't know where anyone else in this room has been. And you don't know where I've been. But we all stray off the path. But Jesus promised that if we look to the Father, ask forgiveness... ...that he can put our feet back on the path. Because the footsteps... ...God directs the footsteps of the righteous man. And if we continue to turn back to the Father... ...he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin... ...to put our feet back on the path that he had for us... ...that we may walk down. This lovely poem... ...one night I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky... In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints. Other times there was one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life, when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I've noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there have only been one set of footprints in the sand. When I needed you most, you have not been there for me. The Lord replied, the times when you have seen only one set of footprints in the sand is when I carried you. This morning, I know there's people here that want to give up. There are people in the room that said, I've had enough. Life's a bit too hard. This following Jesus isn't quite what I thought it would be. But I want to encourage you to come out for prayer this morning. God knows every tear that you've shed. He knows every hair on your head. Your Father knows you inside out and upside down, warts and all, the good, the bad and the ugly. And he's saying on the sideline, make the step, take the step, keep going. So if there's anyone here today, and I know there is someone here today, that you thought, what's the sense of even continuing on this road? But there's so much sense to continue on this road. Because God has promised us life abundantly, amen. And he has many good things waiting for us. And eternal life is ours if we follow the Sun. So this morning, take courage, reassess where you are, reassess your thoughts, reassess what is of value to you. Then set your eyes back to the compass. Look to the Father, and He will show you a way around. He will open a door because those that look to the Father will never fail. You might feel like you're hanging on the end of your rope today, but God says, hang on, because I'm just about to grab hold of you. You may be about to stop climbing that mountain, but God says, keep climbing, because the summit is almost within sight. So I want to encourage you this morning, throw away that map. Throw away all those ideas that somehow this should be so much easier. And I want to encourage you this morning that there is nothing that you cannot do when you are backed by the Father. There is nothing, not a thing that is impossible unto you. The Bible says that all things are possible to us. And how much more possible is it when God has placed the call upon your life? He promises to equip you, and he promises that you will get to the end if you do not give up. Let's be Derek Redmond's this morning. Let us throw that out the window and say, right, this is where I'm up. The first thing I've got to do is make a choice, and that choice is to get up again and take another step. And Father, let's see where it leads. I thank you this morning. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your such grace and mercy that surrounds us. I thank you, Father, that each one of us, Lord, is precious in your sight. I thank you, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan, a destiny. A destiny for good, the Bible says. I have plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So let's get up and dust ourselves off this morning, Father. Give us the courage to say yes and to step forward again, to take up that dream to take up that ambition, to take up that which we've laid down and to walk forward with courage and strength and faith and obedience. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone wants prayer, come out and I'll pray with you. I can join in agreement if there's something that you've laid down and you want to take up again. I'll stand in faith and agreement. We'll call on the the armies of heaven to back you this morning and we'll ask the father to come and put his arms around you just like the father came and put around his son said you can do this son I'm with you
1: So you would come. the